Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to In Her Shoes. I'm Lindsay Peoples, and I'm editor-in-chief of The Cut. On this show, I get to talk to people that we love and admire, or some that we just find interesting. We'll explore how they found their path and what maybe have gotten in their way, and how they brought others along now that they've arrived. Robin Thede is uncontestedly hilarious. And she knows it. We are reclaiming this color. <laughs> She's the friend that's always going to give you a little reminder about who you are, too. What are you talking about? You're the queen of all media and fashion. <laughs> I met Robin many years ago. I believe I was at a conference, and she was always a breath of fresh air, and she still is. I love talking to her, and I'm excited to have her on this episode because she's incredibly grounded, and she isn't phased by the industry, and always keeps it real, and that's always hard to find. She had a full day of press, but she made time to stop by our studios, so we got a chance to catch up and get the details on season four of a Black Lady sketch show, and she gave the absolute best pep talk on taking up space. We're good. We're yeah, we're doing, like, The Daily Show tonight. I'm doing The View tomorrow. Oh, I get fun. to meet Whoopi Goldberg, which I'm really excited about. Whoopi was the first person who congratulated me when I became an editor-in-chief. This is what I'm saying. She's amazing. I can't wait. We're ready. Sorry. Sorry. I just haven't seen her in a while. I know. Not since ABFF, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. We're ready. Let's go. I have my phone on high volume. Is that okay? Joking. (laughs) Thank you again for doing this. Very excited. Um, so the show is called In Her Shoes. So we always start by asking either what shoes you're wearing today mm-hmm. or what are your favorite shoes currently? The answer is the same. I'm wearing a pair of black suede Schutz heels. Ooh. And I'm telling you, they're like midpoint luxury because they're not crazy expensive. <laughs> I like this term. I'm yeah, use this. I'm making this up. But they're not crazy expensive, but they're also not super cheap. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, dollars 
to fashion, they're the best heel to wear when you're walking around mm, a ton. Yeah. Um, because Louboutins, forget it. I cannot walk in them. They're for oh, pictures no. only. Yeah. Um, and so these are truly the greatest heels. I okay. love them so much. I have them in a million colors. Can I see them? Yes. It's just an easy. Ooh, easy I love black these. Yeah. Pump. They're you very know? chic for yeah. listeners who very chic. See them. Um, they have a good high arch, but not so not much that much. your foot is like tilting you forward. Right. Yeah. Heels are an art. I had to get back into it after the pandemic. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to you got to ease into it. Um, I also always like to ask, what would you say that it's like walking in your shoes in life right now? I think it's busy, but it's exciting. We're on the verge of launching season four of a Black Lady Sketch Show. Yay! Um, So walking in them is busy. The schedule is packed, but it's good. This is what I dreamed of. So I would say busy, but exciting. So, I mean, season four, but take me back to before you were even, you know, obviously running an amazing show, starring in it as well. What brought you into sketch comedy? What what made oh you gosh. desire to be in it so yeah, badly? I think as a kid, like I was a latchkey kid. And so I would come home while my parents, my parents were teachers, but they would have to stay later and I would get home sometimes. And sometimes they were there, sometimes not. But my routine was the same, which was that I would come home and stare at the television. Mm-hmm. And I started doing impressions of Sandra Clark on 227 <laughs> and the news anchors and like just random people. And it was like so fun for me because um, it was how I got to kind of create a little community in my head. Like I didn't have a ton of friends. I had a stutter growing up and mm-hmm. like um, we, me and my sisters were the only black kids in our elementary school. So it was like, you know, we got all the teasing and bullying. So for me, early on, playing different characters um, was really cool. And then once I saw Whoopi Goldberg's One Woman Show and Kim Wayne's On A Living Color, um, I saw that black women could actually play characters and make that a living. And I was like, what? Right. That I didn't know that was a job So that we could do. So that made me really excited. And then I kind of pursued it from there. I started a sketch group called Out the Box at Northwestern University, which is still there 20 years later. That's amazing. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. And then I got scouted by Second City which is a famous sketch and improv school and group. And so I went there and uh, now I'm on the advisory board of Second City, which is crazy. It's like everything. Beautiful full circle. Yes. Yes. It's so dope. So, yeah. Then went out to L.A. and I did a bunch of sketch shows. I was a guest star on Key and Peele. I was on Chocolate News with David Allen Greer. I did Frank Caliendo had a sketch show for a while. Uh, for a season. And and so I did all these sketch shows. I was on Apion Crockett's sketch show on Fox, but none of them went past season one, except for Kim Peel, obviously. Right. And so by the time I got ready to do a Black Lady sketch show, it had already been meriting for years. Right. I'd been performing live with sketch groups for decades. So, and most of them were black women. So I was like, yo, these are the funniest women to me. And I really want to celebrate that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that's kind of how it started. So then once um, my late night show got canceled, it was the first time I was like available in years. Right. So I was like, let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what would you describe or what do you remember the most about how you felt in those early days of your career and just grinding and and not knowing where it was going to go? Oh, my gosh. I mean, there's so much desperation and thirst like in those (laughs) years. Like I was creating for YouTube and then Funny or Die and then, um, you know, the platforms kind of grew. But there was no Instagram. There was definitely not any TikTok. I think there was Vine, maybe, (laughs) but I didn't really get into that. So, you know, for me, it was a lot of live performance. And that's how I got really good at improv, right? So, like, when you're in front of audiences, you got to make them laugh Mm -hmm. or they're going to leave, right? Were you ever nervous doing that? No. No, I was always happy because playing characters and, like, writing, improvising is live writing, right? So I loved writing. I loved playing characters. So, no, it's my happy place. 
I get way more nervous in like regular social situations. <laughs> like if somebody's like, I'm going to a networking event. Do you want to go? I'm like, ah, just kill me. Right. I'll make up any excuse not to go. <laughs> but you can stand on the stage. I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's weird. I think it's just a place where you get, you don't have to be yourself. I like myself, but like you don't, when I'm myself in like a networking thing where I'm like trying to sound interesting, it's like, I don't know. I find that very awkward. Right. But yeah, on stage, you don't have to worry about that because it's not you. Yeah, it's something I didn't else. think about it like that. Yeah, um, when younger people, you know, come up to you or message you for advice, and they're starting out, what do you feel like the big differences are, just in the hustle or the approach? Oh, I thought you were gonna say, what do I tell them? Okay, I love this question because I think the difference is that these poor young folks these days—I sound so old—but <laughs> like the twenty-year-olds, right? They think they have to be famous instantly. I was mm-hmm. just talking to an artist who I'm developing a show with. And he was like, I just wish I knew you when I first started this because he was he's been in the business and really successful for the last seven years. He's a musician. But he was like, I was 17, you know, or 18. Mm -hmm. And now he's like 21, 22. And he's like, I just wish I knew that sometimes it takes a long time and that's okay." Mm -hmm. because he was like, when I had my first hit song, I was so rushed to create another one that I didn't do a good job. Right. You know, but they think that you have to be an overnight success. But really, overnight success comes after many years of in the business because you're prepared for the opportunity. Right, right. Right. So I think what I tell them, you know, is like, don't be so like pressed. You don't have to be famous tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And famous isn't all it's cracked up to be. Worry about being successful. Right. Natasha Rothwell, who I love so much, famous comedian. She was on White Lotus and obviously famously insecure. She has a new show coming out, too, but um, she's dope. She told me, don't be perfect. Be prolific. Mm, and I, I love, that. love that. I'm like, yes, leave a legacy. Leave memories. Affect people. But you don't have to be perfect. And I so that. I think that's what they need to. They need to figure that out. But I think with TikTok and YouTube, they can get so famous so fast. Right, right. And it feels like it's happening for everyone. And I'm like, it's not, though. Yeah, it's not. But it's, also, even if it does, that doesn't mean it's going to last. So I mean, look at all the Vine stars. What yeah. are they doing? They, yeah. That didn't transition well to other platforms. Yeah. Not less real. Yeah, so, you know, just go enjoy what you do and enjoy every day. Right. So, I mean, since you had, you know, a lot of different jobs, by the time, you know, you became, you know, the first black woman to ever serve as a head writer of a late night series, did you feel equipped? Did you feel ready? And and how did you navigate that? Yeah, I felt ready because I've been a head writer in daytime and and I have been working for a long time at that point. I think I was in the business 12 years at that point. So, yeah, I felt ready. I felt ready. Um, I know I'm supposed to say, no, it was overwhelming. I was like, no, no, no. I was good to go. (laughs) I'm glad you'll you find with me. Way. I don't really do humility. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. We need to do a class then because I. I don't do it. You know why? It's not that I don't feel like I should be sometimes. It's just that I didn't work this hard to downplay my success. Mm, yeah. And I think that's what I mean. Like literally, you did it when I came in the room. I was like, "You're crushing you calling You're me out it. on this podcast." Yes, I'm calling you out. Do not edit this out. <laughs> I was like, "Ma'am, you are killing it. I'm so proud of you." And you were like, "No, you're killing it." And I was like, "Girl, two things can be true." <laughs> But but I think we get caught up because you and I both work at such a high level. Yeah. And it is so hard to be the only or one of a few. And you've been the only on a bunch of stuff, too. And it's like it's hard when you can't look behind you to ask the other person for advice Mm -hmm. because there's no one there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that will fool you into thinking you have to be humble. Right. But you don't have to be cocky. 
But I don't think we ever have to be humble. I just think it's not an emotion that's built for us to recognize how much hard work we've put in. We've gone to school. We paid off loans. We've worked under people. We've mentored under We've worked right. the long hours when no one else would do it. We worked the weekends. We got on the flight and missed our girls' bachelorette party. We did all I these did, in things. Fact. I did, too. <laughs> several times. And we've had, but yet still maintaining strong family relationships, mm-hmm. marriage, mm-hmm. dating, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, do you have kids? No. No, not yet. Mm. You're married, though. No, I'm divorced. Ah! Well, mm. congratulations. Welcome to the podcast. Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, then we need to really go out. But, <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I think that there's so many times where we are asked to be all things. But don't give ourselves credit for carrying it off as well as we do. Because even the tiniest things feel like failures because we are succeeding at such a high level. Yeah. And yeah. that's not fair to us or the women that come behind us. This is turning into an Oprah session. It is, baby. <laughs> Live your best life. I love this. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, honestly, my next question was going to be how you do often talk about that black women need to be better about celebrating our to. accomplishments. Um, how did you actually learn to embrace that, though, in practice? Because I you think know, in because theory, people it into sounds me. nice. It, I know. And it's easier said than done. Uh, people poured into me and I got rid of anybody who did not support everything I was doing with a with a full open heart. Ooh, cut the rope. I like that. You have to. You have to cut those ropes because the problem is... <sighs> There are people who will not go with you to the next stage. And that right. hurts. That's why I took a deep breath. You saw that cleansing <laughs> breath? I was like, oh. what? Because I mourn. You know, I yeah, mourn yeah. Um, people who couldn't come with me. And I always thought, because I heard that when I would listen to like famous people on interviews, I'd be like, they just got rich and got brand new. But it's not till you get on the other side of it that you're like, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. There are people that will lament your success because they're regretting their failures. But... Your friends have to be as strong as you are, if not stronger. And they have to be able to say, your success does in no way reflect on my position in life. Let me be clear. My day ones are still girls I met when I was 17. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I've had the same friends for the better part of 30 years. But I just made that sound like I was 47. I'm not. I'm very bad at math. (laughs) I only write jokes. But anyway, I've had the same friends for a long time. But there are some people who were not close friends, mind you. But they were people in the business I thought were at least worth like keeping in touch with. Right. Who just don't wish me well. And I wish them well. A friend jokes with me because she says, because what I'll do is if I know somebody's like talking shit like behind my back or, mm-hmm. or it's just not happy and it's like telling other people, just in general being nasty, I'll recommend them for a job. Oh, wow. And I'll tell the person you really need That's to That's very peace, love, and light of you. Yeah. Well, it's... Yeah, kind of. But it's also shady because I'm like, (laughs) if you get more successful, you won't be worried about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so that's literally what I do. My friend was like, I've never met somebody who gets people jobs because people don't like them. (laughs) And I I have a lot of people who don't like me. And I don't mean don't like me, but I know there are people that are like, well, why did she get that? Or why is she doing that? So for me, I'm like, well, then you let's get you up here, too. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah. No, I I like that. And it stops. It really does. It really works. That's not going to work every time. It's not going to work every time, but I wish them the best. Well, sometimes they'll sabotage the job. But it's sad to me because it's the reason I called it a black lady sketch show, not the or not Robin Thede's sketch show. Because for me, it's just a, it's just one of, right? It's Mm -hmm. just one of many that I hope will come along. 
because there's room enough for any of us. And I always say this, and this is not me being fake humble or not me being uh, derogatory towards myself, but I feel like there are a million black women who could have created this show. I was just the one lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time who had the experience to back it up, right? right? Yeah. So I'd been a showrunner before. I'd starred and written in my own shows and blah, 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 blah. I'd run other people's shows. Um, And I'd proven myself in the sketch comedy world time and time again. So I think... You know, I was the one that was uniquely suited to do it, Mm -hmm. but I definitely won't be the last and I'll make sure of that. Yeah. Yeah. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What does it step-by-step mean in your life to take up space as a black woman? Yeah, I think it's about acknowledging those successes, whatever they are. Like, I had a friend who literally, yes, all my friends are successful before you come for me from what I'm about to say. But I had a friend who became the CEO of a humongous company, first black woman ever, da-da-da-da. I was like, I am so proud of you. We have to go celebrate. She goes, I mean, we don't have to celebrate. It's like not that big a deal. I said, ma'am, what are you doing? Right, yeah. And that that to me is like, it means not living in that space. It means embracing it and being like, yes, we are absolutely going to celebrate that because I'm about to be working 90 hours a week for the next right. 10 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like taking those moments, right. I think, and having balance. I do definitely believe in self-care. You know, I try to, for me, self-care is a nap and a binge on a Saturday. You know what I mean? Same. Like, And that is real. And people want to make you feel bad, like that's lazy. You're not doing nothing today. And I'm like, this is productive laziness, honey. I am over here recharging. 100%. I'm living my best life. Like, I love it. Also, when you're in a ton of meetings and managing things, all of that, you just need to not talk for a little. That's what people don't understand. I often go on solo vacations. Oh, yeah. I love them. I'm about to go on one in a few weeks. And it's really important. It's really important. People are like, what do you do? Aren't you bored? And I'm like, no. No. I don't. They're like, oh, do you meet up with other people from different countries? I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, I will meet people across my travels. But like, that's not the intention. The intention is to be quiet 
and to sit down. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm the same. I'm the same. I went somewhere and I just brought a stack of books. And that's Correct. all I really Correct. want to do. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me because I need to book one. Amen. Um, okay, so when did you start to feel like that you were at a different level in career? Or when did you feel like, okay, I've actually... Probably Made once it the Emmy nominations started coming, mm. that feels like, oh, shit, we're on white people level at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything I do is, like, made for black people, by black people. So it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's just like, oh, like, people are actually watching this and, like, seeing what it is. And yeah. you know what's crazy? We premiered the first episode at Essence Fest 2019. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. Yes. And it was crazy. The moment people saw Angela Bassett on screen, they lost their mind like it was Beyonce. I was like, oh, this is going to be big. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't know. We were just making a little sketch. I was really excited. Like, But that trailer dropped the same day, and it had like 3 million views in 24 hours. And I was just like, holy crap. Like, But it just validated for me that we needed this. You know, we've right. never had this, ever, in the history of sketch comedy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, for me, it was just like, okay, keep going keep doing so yeah. i think that's when i felt like this show really made me feel that way i love doing my late night show but i think um you know i think people don't think they're supposed to watch bet or you know don't know where to find it <laughs> i don't know why it's like i not grew up hard. watching bt <laughs> me too bt has employed me for many many years but <laughs> i think the rundown just didn't i mean our ratings were decent but it needed to be head and shoulders above like daily show level to just Look, that's it's an ad supported channel. They right. need to make money. I get it. Um, but Connie Orlando and everybody over there is like lifelong friends. They're great. Yeah. And so it just set me up. I truly believe that when a door closes, another one opens. I really do. Mm -hmm. I really do. Not to be cliche about it, but that has always happened for me. No, the no. nightly show got canceled within a week. I had sold the rundown. The rundown got canceled within less than a year. Sketch show was on the air. Within two months, it was sold. Oh my god! I Actually, it was already fast. sold. Truly, when I was doing the rundown, right? But then I took it to HBO. It was at a different place. Okay, I took it to HBO. Okay, so we can make it look better. That's fine. Um, <laughs> we're fans. Yeah. Um, so, what is that? What has it been like, season after season, like in the weeds? What it, What is the process like? Oh my god, it's a lot. Do not recommend show running the show you write and star in. I mean... It's a lot. It, there's a reason why most people don't do it. I mean, Keenan Ivory Wayans and a couple of other people are the only people that have ever done it. It's just a ton. Because if you think about it, we're shooting like 50 short films a year. Right. To make six episodes. We were like, why aren't there more episodes? I'm like, do you want me to die? <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's so much content jam-packed. And we have to basically reinvent the wheel every day. Right. So if you think about it, we're on a different location. Sometimes we shoot on sound stages, but a lot of times they're at a different location every single day. And you have to reinvent the tone, the style, the characters. Like, it's amazing what our team does right. day in and day out. So um, it's different from traditional scripted. Scripted's a lot more laid back. I think some people dismiss and go, oh, it's only sketch. But it's like the way we're doing it. No, that seems a lot it's more difficult to me. It is. So basically, day to day, I'm the first person in, last person out. So I hire all the writers, all my crew. I write in the writer's room with our writers. I prep with my director, my first AD, my crew. We prep my production design team. I approve every set, every prop, every wardrobe, every wig, every everything. Then we go and shoot the show for a couple months. 
Um, and I'm memorizing 150 pages of dialogue a season and performing a new character every day. I'm in two hours of hair and makeup or more if I have to play a man. Uh, and then in between takes, people are asking me questions. Um, luckily, I have a great support team. I mean, everyone from my assistant to my head writers. Right. Um, but there's some things that because it's the show I created, they only want to come to me for. Right. So it's, it's more of a well-oiled machine now, but it's just constant. Then I go into post. We edit the show for a couple months. Then I do press. Then it premieres, and then we rinse and repeat. It's all year long. I can't imagine. Yeah, I have so many questions about this. Um, <laughs> she said, "I feel the weight of that." <laughs> um, but it's I mean, great. I can't do it without the team. Obviously, our Emmy award-winning director, editors, production yeah. design team, nominated for Emmys. Yeah, they're dope. I mean, I know you've talked about you have like a really great team behind you, but did you feel like even in selling the show or just starting it that you felt a pressure of being a black woman or is this will people understand this? Will people get this? No, or? I didn't really worry about that. I was just excited. And I think because I had done so many sketch shows before, I mm -hmm. kind of got to see the things that did and did not work. Right. Right. Um, but I'm also just a fan of sketch. So it's like I've, I've been watching since Benny Hill, Monty Python. I mean, I wasn't alive, but like, you know, but watching all of that stuff up until now, you know, the most recent stuff, it's it's just so it's such a fun art and it's so hard. and I love a challenge. So, yeah, I don't think I felt pressure necessarily, especially once it was called a Black Lady Sketch Show, not the. Right. Because it was just called the Untitled Black Lady Sketch Show. And then we were like, we got to come up with a name. And I was like, oh, let's just call it a Black Lady Sketch Show, you know? Yeah. Um. Because I was, I didn't want people to be surprised when they tuned in. <laughs> I was like, well, I already told you what it is. But yeah, I think for me, like, the pressure, no, nah, I've never really felt it. I just believe in it so much. And my cast is so good. They and, like, the writers, they're just so good. Like, I mean, look at the talent we've had. It's, like, No, it's incredible. Why would I ever be nervous or concerned, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, all of that. And then you said rinse and repeat. How do you, though come up with all of these characters and just the creativity behind oh, it. That's, that's easy. My brain is like a cartoon on on a loop. Are like, you like thinking of ideas in your all sleep? All the time. All the time. Yeah. I wake up with ideas. I also have great writers. It's not just me, you know? Yeah, so. yeah totally. No, I just, I love writing. And I love creating characters. And I use a lot of, you know, real life inspiration too. Dr. Hadassah is definitely amalgamation of a bunch of <laughs> hoteps that I've known throughout the years. <laughs> Uh, or maybe ones I've dated. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been great. It's just fun. I mean, imagine an outlet for all the craziness in your life. Yeah. That's what I have. Yeah. It's great. Um, just give me a, a, a snippet of what it is like in the writer's room. Like, how do things so develop? Fun. Like, it's is it like you're like, I went on the date and da 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 and No, then... so I no, we don't have that kind of time. <laughs> um I work my writers to death for 13 weeks and they will attest to this, but they're always like, "Oh my god, we came out so much better than we came in." Like it's a boot camp. Mm. And I warn them of that when I'm interviewing. I'm like, "Do you like to work late nights?" No, shouldn't work here because <laughs> it's only 13 weeks. And really it's only about 10 weeks of writing. Right. The last 13 weeks are like punching jokes and doing table reads and casting and that kind of stuff. So, it's just an intense like two and a half months. Mhm. Mm and um, but I'm like, you can do anything for 10 weeks, you yeah, know, you like can. and so and I'm not working them till two in the morning every night. It's only on nights when we're like punching through scripts. But usually they come in at like nine thirty, ten o'clock. Mm -hmm. And we've been virtual the past couple seasons. We haven't had an in-person writer's room since season two. Oh, I didn't know that. But okay. moving forward, HBO willing that we have more seasons will will be in person. But so basically we come in nine, nine thirty or so we start pitching. So the writers know they need to come in with a fully developed pitch. Mm hmm. 
but it's not always fully developed. Even my own. I'm like, all right, I have an idea. It's like this woman who did this thing, but I don't have an ending. And then we'll just workshop it. But you have to come in and pitch like, you know, okay, Patty LaBelle shows up every time you break up with a man and she won't leave until you sing on my own with her. And it's like, great. <laughs> love it, Ashley Nicole Black, who wrote that sketch. Go write it. Right. You know? But then some need a little more work and a little more workshopping and brainstorming. Right. I think the thing that we try to do is like, why is this sketch on a black lady sketch show? Mm. That way it won't feel like somebody will be like, oh, they stole our sketch. Because there's been a billion sketches in the history of sketch. So mm-hmm. we try to say, well, why, why this show and why now? You know, so that's it. They just come in and pitch and then we send them out to work on their sketches. And then the next day um, they come in and pitch again Uh and then they get revisions on their one from the day before. And then around the third or fourth day, we'll have an internal table read and we'll read them all out loud and see what's actually clicking. Uh, But they do like a couple of drafts before that. And then we read them out loud and then we kill 80 percent of them and then Uh rinse and repeat. I mean, it sounds fun, but I know it's also it's fun, challenging. It's fun, but it's a ton time. of work. Yeah, we yeah. write hundreds of sketches to get to the thirty or forty that air. Yeah, plus the interstitials, which makes it over fifty. Yeah, it's crazy. Man, man. Okay, so season four airs April fourteenth. Yes. Um, what can we expect? What can, okay, what can we... <laughs> you can expect. Um, so much fun. So we have three new cast members, which I am thrilled about. That okay. chick Angel on IG, her name is Angel Lakita Moore. Tamara Jade, who is in the top 10 on The Voice, and Demaya Gurley, who is a TikTok star. She's 24 years old and truly so funny. Love. Yeah, we love it. So I'm really excited about them. We have 30 guest stars this season or more. I can't even remember. Tracy Ellis Ross, Coleman Domingo, Kyla Pratt. Kel Mitchell, Jay Ellis, Tank. I'm so excited. Kim Whitley, Jack A. Harry. I mean, they're so... Gina Torres, there's so many. And so I'm really excited about the crop of guest stars. We've been trying to get Tracy forever. No, that's, she's going to be great. Coleman Domingo, <laughs> give him an Emmy. Trace Ailes Ross, give her an Emmy. Yvette Nicole Brown, Emmy nominee for a Black Lady Sketch Show is coming back for Courtroom Kiki. Black Lady Courtroom. Blah, blah. I'm so excited. <laughs> Chris is back. Hadassah is back. Everybody's back. The Coral Reefs are back. Yeah. So um, I'm just really excited about everybody's faves, but then you get to meet all these new characters, not only from the OG cast, but also from our new, our new ladies as well. Okay, hard question, though. Do you have a favorite recurring character? Yeah, I mean, so the audience would tell me that my favorite character is Dr. Hadassah Olienka Ali Young in pre-PhD. But I actually like playing these, like, quieter characters. This is not a recurring one, but there's a new podcaster character that I play this year. Okay. Who's just very serene and very quiet. Wow, okay. And um, much different than my cackling loud voice. (laughs) Uh, which is really fun because I get to play kind of like a smaller, uh, but the person opposite me is very, very big. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, Hadass is always fun. There's like no research or anything that has to go along with her because I can just show up. We shoot the sketches in like two hours. Like the Black Table Talk episode with Coleman Domingo is just, I mean, at one point we did the script and then we just ripped it up and did whatever we wanted. And right. that's most of what you're going to see. It's just really fun. Um, our guest stars are so lovely. So it's fun to play with them. But yeah, Chris is fun. Chris is back. Who's, you know, Love. kind of the fuck boy I play. He's not really a fuck boy, but he's just kind of like not the best. Um, he's back. He's got a new job. Um, <laughs> but you've never seen him work. So <laughs> I was going to say, wait, job. when? Do- <laughs> yeah, he does. And he's not really working here either, but you'll see. It's very funny. Um, yeah. I don't know. The Coral Reefs gang is really funny. My character, Shanidra, just watching Gab go absolutely nuts in those sketches. Yeah, it's just really fun. I think the great thing about season four is it's really broad, really physical, very 
approachable from any entry point, even if you've never seen the show. Must you can be, definitely okay. start at season four yeah, and not, yeah. not be confused. It just helps you if you've seen the other sketches. Yeah. But I think they all live on their own. You know, now that season four is coming out, are you also already thinking about season five, season six? Always. Or are you just in the moment? No, I'm always because I always go, oh, man, we should do a sketch about blah, blah, blah. And then I make it, you know, I have my notes app where I'm like writing all my like ideas. So no, I just think because my brain is always constantly thinking of sketches. That's what I get excited about mm-hmm. or you know, oh, what guest stars are we going to be able to get or whatever. Yeah, it's it's just fun. It's just a part of my life in such a big way. Yeah. But um, yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for everybody to see the new cast. I'm very excited. All these guest stars sound amazing. Too. Oh, I know. I even named them all. I skipped Omarion. There's other ones. Omarion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reprising his role as a very ridiculous version of himself. I it's love great. this. I yeah. love this. Okay, so you're also developing a new comedy. I am. HBO, Disengagement. Tell Can me about this. you believe it? They bought two shows no, I didn't, for me and no. put me in a whole overall deal? I didn't know about this show until I started Googling. Well, so. you wouldn't. It's new. No one knows anything. It's it's very early, but it is about a black Midwest family whose dysfunction has dysfunction because family is the ultimate pyramid scheme. Yes. I'm very excited to see a very not Cosby version of a black family mm, yeah. um, with adult children and kind of, you know, living in the Midwest, I think is dope because I'm from the Midwest. This does not take place in my hometown or state, but, but I think that there is like a vibe in Chicago, St. Louis. Like we just don't really get to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we definitely don't get to see kind of how adult children interact with their parents Mm -hmm. from black people so I really love this kind of energy of like Arrested Development Schitt's Creek but like very black so it'll be interesting Um, I really love developing with HBO they are very creator forward and very much like Whatever story you want to tell, how do we tell the best version of that Mm -hmm. and how do we help you do that they're not like "Uh, can you do it for this no amount of money and also put in people we don't want. Like, they're not like that at all. They're just, they approach making television as an art form. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. I'm excited about the show. Me too. Sounds fun. I know. I got to hurry up. I got to um, hurry up and get it out. Yeah, you do actually. Um, okay. So you were also on Kirk Franklin's Good Words. Um, I was. Which I'm jealous. That sounds. It was really fun. Yeah. Honestly, it was one of, besides this one, it was one of the best conversations I've ever had. But you asked me the best question anybody's asked me in a very long time. Which was that when young people, I thought you were going to say when young people come up to you, what advice do do you give them? But you said, what is the difference? And I think that's real. Like, that's that's so deep because there is a difference. I can I always feel the difference, though, because I feel like, no, I always I similarly get a lot of young people come up to me and I'm like, I think you're the disposition is a bit different. And And do they say to you, you go, what do you want to do? And they go, I want to do what you do. And it's like, you have no idea what it took to get. Right. Yeah. But also, I think they I can just sense a. How you were saying a desperation, like I felt like I was always that way where I can just sense more so that people are obsessed with being famous. And so that's not it. um, I think also the motives are different. The motives are different. Yeah. 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 Getting money, being famous. All that's great. The two always don't go hand in hand. Yeah. You can also be very rich and no one knows your face. (laughs) Yeah. Which is honestly the bag. Honestly. That's the bag. Yeah. 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 That's why I wear a beard and stuff. People don't even recognize me all the time. (laughs) The the people who are low key successful, honestly, about honestly. Um, All right, so you were saying about Kirk Franklin? Yes. yes, Kirk Franklin. Good words. You talked about the importance of legacy. Oh, what are, yeah. What are your thoughts on legacy? Where are you at? You know what? I think Black Lady Sketch Show is its own legacy. I think it's part of my legacy. But legacy is so important because I was saying, like, to him, and and I'll elaborate on it here. 
I think the really important thing is because of that desperation when you're young, and it's, I get the desperation. It makes sense. You're like, I need to make it and I can't pay my bills. So I'm desperate, right? right but right. nobody wants to hire you when you're desperate. It wasn't until I relaxed into my gifts that I was able to embrace myself as a writer, as a producer, as a showrunner. And when I started doing that, it became about, well, how can I help all these people along the way? How can I hire the people who no one else will hire? Mm -hmm. How can I take the people who are underestimated everywhere else because usually the color of their skin? How do I take them and show them I'm not going to underestimate them and they need to do their best work possible here? Like my crew always says this in interviews. Um, they're like, Robin expects excellence because she is excellent. And... Um, I, I say thank you, but also like I'm excellent because they're excellent. That's how I would respond to right. that. So that is legacy to me. Legacy is leaving behind people who who became better because of your involvement in their life. Not because you did gave them money or bought them a house, but because you gave them the opportunity to become everything that they were meant to be. And more, right? Mm -hmm. Even when they leave a black lady sketch show, we always say it's like alumni, like people in front of and behind the camera. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm an alum of this season or I'm an alum. That's of sweet. This, which is really cute. And so I think that's what legacy is about. Legacy is creating what you leave behind for everyone else through the lens of having them having interacted with you, if that makes sense. Yeah. But it's not about what did I accomplish? What accolades did I get? It's about what did I leave behind and who benefited from that? through the work that I did. Yeah. So it's not erasing me from my own equation. It's just saying that when I became in service of others versus just myself, everything opened up yeah. and everything changed. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is such a fun conversation. Yeah. It's always fun chatting with you though. I know. Listen, let me know where the vacation is. I know you said you want to go solo, but you know, I will show up somewhere <laughs> for a date. <laughs> I will let you know because I'm thinking about a couple places. Perfect. Well, I'm super proud of you. Congrats on everything. Thank you, sweetie. I appreciate it. The cut is lucky to have you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pay her whatever she uh, whatever. Oh she my deserves. god. Pay her. <laughs> Pay her. Pay her producer. <laughs> Pay the producer. Pay Lindsay. Listen. Whatever it is, it's not enough. <laughs> In her shoes is hosted by me, Lindsay Peoples. Our producer and editor for this episode is Taka Zen. Our engineer is Brandon McFarlane, and our executive producer is Hannah Rosen. The Cut is made possible by the excellent team at New York Magazine. Subscribe today at thecut.com slash subscribe. I'm Lindsay Peoples, and thank you so much for listening. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. 
Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.